Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page 55 of The Revenge of Kang, and the end game of this adventure has really begun. Our heroes, having collected all five of Kang's time balls, used them to pentangulate Kang's location in the timeline, and after making a good intensity reason feat roll, have determined that Kang is on Earth somewhere in the late 50th century, and they've narrowed down his location enough to come up with some coordinates and go to confront him. Before they go, though, it's time to say goodbye to some old friends. Quote, Just before the heroes are ready to leave for the 50th century, Professor X uses his psychic powers to summon the X-Men. Professor X has just learned that the villain known as Magneto has taken over a missile base on Cape Citadel, and the Professor wants the X-Men to stop him. This is the team's first official case, as chronicled in X-Men number 1. This means that the heroes will have to part company with their newfound friends and tackle the 50th century on their own. Now, the X-Men, being young, curious, naive, might well ask player characters, who by this point are time travel experts, hold on a minute, clearly time is not passing back home at the same rate that it is for us, because we've just been through one or more time travel hijinks that involve a day passing, but it's been less than a day for Professor X. So obviously, time back home is not synchronized with our personal, subjective time that we're spending on these missions. So two things, how and why is the professor from a specific time in the future reaching out to us elsewhere in the timeline, psychically, to tell us that we need to come home to address a problem that, if we travel back to a minute after we left, will not have happened yet? At this moment... A nagging headache will begin deep in the teenage brains of all five original X-Men. And this headache, it will grow and it will grow and it will never go away. For that is the lot of an X-Man. But it's not our problem anymore. We're going to cut the kids loose. They can go back to the 1960s and fight Magneto and forever wonder exactly how the fuck these time machines were supposed to work. And that leaves our original hero teams to travel to the 50th century in search of Kang. When the ship materializes, we get the following box text. Quote, Your timeship has materialized on top of a narrow rock outcropping in the desolate 50th century. Judging from your surroundings, it seems that man has ceased to exist long ago. Ahead of you is a dark, foreboding castle. A castle that undoubtedly houses Kang. Let's take a moment, and I don't think this is really going to be the dumbest thing on this page because of a strong surprise contender later on, but I really want to appreciate our heroes for their vast intuitive powers in just recognizing shit because the author wants them to, without really any evidence or clues. This has been happening all through this adventure. Like, think back to the shitty pocket dimension. When we were looking for a way to get to the spire on the horizon back on page 21, and we were thinking of going across the bay in that weird clear boat, the box text said, quote, Although the liquid that fills the bay is pale green in color, it seems to be identical to normal water in all other respects. How could we possibly know that? How, how could we possibly know that the green liquid in an alien dimension that we're just looking at from the shore is identical to water in all respects but color? We just do. We just can tell. And we went with our gut and it paid off, fortunately. Because we could have we could have died from fumes from a toxic liquid out there if we had been wrong. That would have been painful, might have been fatal. Now, admittedly, it would have been shorter than playing through the entire shitty dimension arc. But on balance, our heroes probably would rather play through that arc than die of toxic fumes. So it's a good thing that their intuition served them well. 
Likewise, remember when we were at Hoover High? Instantly, we see Jenny Carson. It's like, you know, that's got to be Jenny Carson. We see Peter Parker. You know, that's got to be Peter Parker. We see Matt Murdock as a child from behind walking down an alley in the distance. And we're like, that's got to be Matt Murdock. Even when we were in Vietnam, when we heard the sound of a mortar shell, as soon as we appeared in Vietnam, in our time machine, we heard a mortar shell in the distance and, quote, judging from the noise, you get the idea that a major offensive is underway nearby. That is some amazing perception and presence of mind for characters who have largely no military experience. You materialize from nowhere, hear an artillery shell from inside a fully sealed metal vehicle, and you're like, oh, sounds like a major offensive. But this, today, this is our greatest feat of intuition yet. We appear on a rocky outcropping in a year we know nothing about. We see nothing around but rocks and a castle. And we all look at each other knowingly. No one even needs to say anything. We all understand. Humanity itself has ceased to exist long ago. I mean, just look at these rocks. Obviously, the human race has not just gone extinct, but gone extinct long ago. You can just tell from the rocks and the castle on the narrow rocky outcropping. If you want to see a picture of this castle and this narrow rocky outcropping, you can check out the illustration from this page on patreon.com slash megadumbcast, a public post free for everyone. You can see this castle. It's actually a cool picture. It's much cooler in the illustration than it's described in the text. It's not like a techno time castle like Chronopolis. It basically looks like a castle castle, and it's on this kind of floating platform of rock with no visible means of support. And then there's sort of a, a curving rocky path leading to it, but then there's a gap between the outcropping that the heroes are on and the floating rock platform that the castle is on. It's very video gamey. It looks like our heroes are going to have to take like a series of leaps of faith onto invisible platforms to get across to the castle or fly, you know, if they hate fun. This castle is going to be pretty much a dungeon crawl and we're going to have to get into it tomorrow because that's where we're going to get proper descriptions of what's inside. This page just barely starts in on how do we get into the castle which doesn't involve any invisible platforms or indeed any gap. Uh, the castle, as described in the text, doesn't say anything about it floating in the air like this. It's just kind of a little generic fortress. I don't want to get into the fortress's main doors or its contents or any of its defenses yet, but I am going to post, along with the cooler-than-it-deserves illustration of the fortress from this page, the map of this fortress, censored to avoid spoilers. Because the map for this castle, I couldn't believe it. It's the dumbest thing on this page. At the bottom of the map, labeled Level 1, we've got the floor plan of the first level of the fortress. And we won't get into details, but basically, we've got main doors leading into seven rooms, six of which actually exist. Then above that first level on the map, labeled Level 2, we have a little map of the single room that makes up Level 2 of the fortress. Then, over to the left of Level 2, we have an X. And if you consult the key at the bottom of the map, you'll see that X equals Hero's Time Ship. This is the dumbest thing in this page, and it's one of those, like, perfect diamonds of bullshit that it's hard to even elaborate upon, but, like, you've got two separate levels of the fortress. The orientations don't even match. There's no, like, compass rows or anything. There's no surrounding terrain. And there's just this random-ass X hanging out at apparently a randomly chosen point in the white space around the floor plan, and that's where our time ship is. Relative to fucking what? It's immediately to the left of the floor plan of the second floor of the castle, but it's immediately above the floor plan of the first floor of the castle. And those two floor plans don't, they don't connect. They don't, they don't share even an orientation, nor do they have any context in space or any scale. So what information could we possibly glean from this X, this random X? Not to mention the fact that it doesn't matter. 
I mean, there's nothing outside this rocky outcropping. There's no useful mapping here. There's no mapping at all. Like, not even little lines to show, like, yep, there are sure rocks on this rocky outcropping. There's nothing. It's white space. It is an X floating alone and disconnected in white space, totally out of context, juxtaposed against two items that are not spatially connected in any consistent way, just saying, you are here. Wherever the fuck here is, in the random undescribed white space, you are here. This really is a visual thing today. There's not really anything else I can say to explain it. You just have to look at the map and ponder it and and feel your mind sink deeper and deeper into the abyss. I've definitely given the author his share of shit for this adventure path, but for real, the cartographer, whoever they got for this, the maps in this adventure series have failed on a very basic level to perform the minimum functions of a map, because this shit tells me nothing. You might as well have had a little empty box with just an X in it, and a label that says X, Hero's Time Ship. Here it is. It's somewhere. And that's all I've got to say about today's page. It's going to be a short one, but I don't feel too bad because tomorrow we're going to be embarking upon an actual dungeon crawl. We're going to have lots of security mechanisms, lots of rooms to talk about, and I'm going to be beating up the cartographer so much tomorrow that I would feel bad throwing any more punches today. So join me tomorrow as the beating continues on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret, patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband. <laughs>